lips a simple recipe, but it would mean so much to me. Turn on the gas and make me feel fine. All I wanna say is, just give me some hot pizza. Episode of Financial Pizza. It's the only podcast that features clips and more from some of the best financial advisors heard on radio and in podcasts around the country every week. I bring it all to you, hot, fresh, and in 30 minutes or less. A nice assortment of pizza slices this week. We're going to hear from Coach Pete DeRuta when he talks about being prepared for whatever the economy throws at us. Annuities, pros and cons, is what is on Eric Carney's mind. Joe Murphy has some thoughts on reverse mortgages. Richard Pelletier helps us understand the Fed and what they actually do. That and more on Financial Pizza. Well, let's get it started. And for that, we turn to America's wealth coach and best-selling author, Coach Pete DeRuta. Now, in this clip, Coach is talking with Thomas Lipscomb and Morgan Patrick about being ready for whatever the economy throws at you. Well, it's tough. It's really tough these days to just when you think you have a grip on the financial world, something happens to show you you don't. Mm, Isn't that the truth? (laughs) Morgan, how many times in your life have you thought you understood something completely only to have you being awoken and seeing that you weren't. Oh, I mean, how many times Financially have, we, woke. Have, we, have, we, have we gotten to that pro status in our own mind and all of a sudden we realize we're amateurs? I know. Well, it, I mean, it happens. I mean, just when you think you're an expert is when you're probably not. I mean, mm-hmm. we have two issues to get people in more trouble in the money world than ever before, fear and greed. Mm-hmm. So fear, well, two fears. There's a FOMO, fear of missing out, sure. and then the real fear of not holding something on the way down. And so when, we, when we're watching the stock market go up like crazy greed kicks in let's say we bought a stock let's say we bought a stock for a dollar a share and it went up to five dollars a share so we've got a we we bought a thousand shares at a dollar now it's worth five dollars a share the proper strategy there says to at least liquidate as much of, of the stock that you need to get back the money you invested okay so sure. about 20 percent of the stock you could liquidate now you have 80 percent of the stock still in your account yet even if it went to zero you haven't lost any money because you've got your cost out i like that i like that that <laughs> right? makes sense yeah but here's what here's what the average investor will do it goes from one to five and what does the average investor do what do you think they do morgan sell it off no they buy more <laughs> Because they don't want to miss the up, even though they're already up. Look at the golden pony. <laughs> and then sometimes they're buying right at the plateau, and then it comes right back down again. Like gotcha. you reach the top of Mount Everest, and then it comes down. Yeah. yeah. No mountain goes to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> Mountains come, and they go down. Like they go up, and they come down. So, And actually, more people die who climb Mount Everest. More people die on the way down than the way up, because they're not quite paying as much attention after they've they battled the mountain and, and became victorious, victorious over the market, sure. the mountain. But on the way down, we have to be careful. Therefore, when we have a gain to stock, the proper strategy would be maybe to liquidate some of that gain because I always say you are not up until you're out. So as long as you're piling more and more money into the stock, even if even if it's going up, you don't have any profit because you haven't liquidated any of it. You're putting more and more money in. Thomas, we see this a lot, unfortunately, in the money world. We do. And something that strikes me about what you're talking about right now is truly just having that strategy, that plan in place. Because it sounds to me like there may be a lot of folks out there who, who get into a market, who get into a mutual fund, whatever it may be, don't actually have an exit plan in place to know if this hits this, then I want to do this. If it does this, then I want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, whatever you said, it sounds good to me. Yeah. yeah. It sounds really good. <laughs> but it's just to make sure you understand why you're in the stock to begin with. And I always say never get into a stock or real estate or anything that has risk attached to it until you know in your mind when you're going to get out. Hmm. So don't get in until you have an exit strategy how you're going to get out. 
And it's not, you know, we, we fall in love with stocks. Everybody sure does. Do. I have too in the past. But what you have to know is the stock doesn't love you back a lot of times. And so <laughs> liquidating a little bit of it, if it's up big, to help prevent you from ever having a loss because you've, you've already got, got, your, you've got your money back to you invested and the stock, you still have some stock, that's a great investment strategy, I think, for a lot of people. Always good to remember you're not up until you're out. Good stuff from Coach Pete. You can catch Financial Safari on a number of radio stations around the country, including the flagship 106.1 FM Talk in Raleigh, North Carolina. You can find it in podcast form wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, iHeart, Amazon. And to learn more about Coach Pete, visit PeteOnDemand.com. That's PeteOnDemand.com. Pizza! In this week's episode of the Alon Exchange with Jay and Brittany Hagee, the pair did a deep dive on the emotional component of planning for retirement. Brittany and Jay speak on the value of having a financial plan to guide you through the common emotional knee-jerk reactions folks encounter along the road to retirement, bringing home some humor to the conversation along with an analogy from the sitcom The Office. The value add of a financial advisor, if they're giving good advice and helping you work through not making emotional decisions. Yeah. And I know, Chrissy, you uh, especially like watch The Office, right? Oh, <laughs> like, of course. Yeah. So we like The Office. And so there's one episode that came to my mind that Michael Scott is listening to the GPS and he drives into a lake. <laughs> the you machine knows. And so, <laughs> and so, and so, literally, the machine was telling him to go up and around and get on the right road. Right? The plan was saying get on the right road, but he was feeling like, no, it's telling me to turn right, right here, not up and to the right. And he ends up going with his feelings, and he drives into the lake. Okay, <laughs> he so, does. We can't have people driving into an emotional lake with their finances and their financial picture. We got to make sure that we're following the plan and the guidelines set in front of us, even when the market's volatile, even when it looks like the seas are choppy. We have to make sure that people aren't following their emotion because they'll end up driving their car into a lake. You can't do that. And so we have to make sure that we put a good plan together for folks. And that's why you need a financial advisor. You need a financial advisor for a lot of reasons because there's a lot of things that we don't even know that we don't know, right? My job is to teach others as they come in here, here's the things you don't know to ask. Mm -hmm. And here's what I'm going to show you, you know, and, and if someone's not doing that for you and helping coach you through that, from that point on, you don't even know what risks there are out there because they haven't been described to you, number one. But secondly, my job with the clients that I work with is to help them stay focused keep the plans, keep the plan in front of them, stay on the plan, stay on track, keep encouraged that things go up and down, but we have planned for this. We have a plan in place, even for the volatility and don't get emotional and drive into the lake. That's what we help with. Which is really hard to do. It's really hard sure. to separate your emotions, especially when it comes to your money, because those are so interconnected, right? But when we have someone to kind of help us stay the course, to really keep our focus on mm -hmm. where we're headed, not the storm that we're in, but keep ourselves focused ahead, that really makes a difference in the overall picture because it prevents us from making knee-jerk reactions right. out of emotion that are to our detriment. But it keeps us it keeps us working towards the goal and not moving backwards because we're afraid. That's where the professional comes in. That's where we come in to, to come alongside you and to help you with those things, help you navigate. 
Brittany and Jay Hagee can be heard on WCLE and WFLI in Chattanooga and on podcasts wherever you get yours. Contact the team at Lawn Planning Partners at 1-800-971-5449. That's 800-971-4549. And alonplanning.com. That's A-L-L-O-N planning.com. Pizza! We're hearing more talk about reverse mortgages, and Joe Murphy has some insight into just what they are and what they're not. Okay, reverse mortgage. So I think a lot of people, you know, the the goal here is is to eliminate, and what a reverse mortgage does, it's going to eliminate all future payments, um, which is fantastic. So you're going to eliminate the payments, and that's one of the big benefits to someone that maybe is real tight in retirement, didn't plan correctly, or maybe just, you know, they had all their money in investments and bad, bad investment, whatever happened they're in some dire straits and the the majority of their cash is tied up in the equity of their home. We see that a lot, probably 70% have some of their largest assets tied up in their home. How can you use that asset um, for you as income for your retirement years without losing the home? So what I wanted to do is talk a little bit about the reverse mortgage. So let's talk about a normal mortgage. So when, okay. you, when you, yeah, when you take out a mortgage loan, bank gives you lump sum of cash, pay for the house, you're going to pay that back with interest over time. That's a traditional fixed mortgage. Most of us have it right now. You know, if your interest rate is below 4%, probably don't want to look at anything else. You have cheap money. That's fantastic. Um, and at the end of your mortgage term, that loan is paid down to zero. A reverse mortgage works in reverse. <laughs> so best, best phrase for that. The lender makes the the payment to you um, as the homeowner. You can choose to receive it lump sum, monthly payments. You can use a line of credit that you can draw off of if you need it, or you can use a combination. Um, so those are those are how you access the actual cash. The interest and fees that are associated with the loan get rolled into the balance each month. That means that you, what you owe will grow over time. So it's really important. That's why I said you can't come really come back from this unless there's uh, you pass away. Your beneficiaries would receive, you know, the reverse mortgage would be paid off and they would receive anything extra. But if you've had this for a long time, basically the bank would then own your house. Um, but the interest and fees with the loan. They get rolled into the balance each month. This means that it grows over time while your home equity decreases. You keep the title of your house the whole time and the balance isn't due until you do one of two things happen. You decide to move out, maybe facility or something like that, or you pass away. When the time comes, the proceeds for the home sales are used to pay off the debt. If there's any equity left over, and this is what I was talking about before, it goes to the estate. If not, the loan is actually worth more than the house. The heirs aren't required to pay off the difference, which is good for your beneficiaries. Heirs can choose how to pay off the reverse mortgage, or if they want to refinance the home, they can keep the property. So there are some options upon death or if you move out. Um, for your heirs, if they do want to keep the house, we've seen it done both ways with reverse mortgages, but let's talk about some pros. Okay. All right. Number one, this is why people do reverse mortgages. Um, it helps secure your retirement. So you're going to get a lump sum line of credit to help maybe make up for that gap that you lost, whether it was investments or whatever happened, poor planning, doesn't matter. You have that lump sum you can draw from. So that's really why people do it. It gives you an influx of cash without losing that home that you're living in. You get to live in it for the rest of your life until you pass away. You're still responsible for insurance, property taxes, et cetera, but you will not have a loan payment and you can stay there as long as you live. Um, second, and this is the, the pro that I was just talking about, you get to stay in your home. So the bank's nice. not going to kick you out. You get to stay there until you, you pass away. 
Um, you're going to pay off that existing home loan, no payments. That's huge for cash flow. Um, a lot of people, some of their biggest expense is their mortgage note. You know, paying that loan can be a burden. They eliminate that payment when you do a reverse mortgage and you're getting cash. Um, you also will not have any tax liability. And that's important to understand. You won't have tax liability and you're also protected if the balance, your reverse mortgage balance exceeds your home value. So those were going to be some of the pros, but like everything, um, Steve, there's a, there's a pivot point and there's also some cons. So we can't just go through the pros and say it's all rainbows and unicorns. We have to talk about some of the downsides so people are aware what to look out for. Sure. Um, you could lose your home forever. That's probably the biggest biggest con. So in order to qualify for reverse mortgage, you have to be able to afford your property taxes. You have to have some type of cash flow because you're still responsible for that. Homeowners insurance, HOA fees, if you live in a, you know, a, something with HOA fees, you're going to have to pay those or any other costs associated with, with owning your home. You know, your electricity, you have to budget for that. You have to make sure that you have at least that to pay off or you could lose your home to foreclosure. So we want to avoid that, but that is a con. So you need to have a budget to make sure even with this influx of cash that you can make the monthlies on the property insurance, the utilities and everything that goes along with owning a home. Um, here's the second biggest downside or second con for us because we like to plan legacies for people and beneficiaries. Your heirs would most likely inherit less. Um, home ownership in this country is really the key to building, you know, generational wealth. You know, it's a lot of people tie the majority of their assets up in their home. So the reverse mortgage is going to require that home to be sold to repay that debt. So there are options for your heirs to recoup that property, but the bank is going to make that decision and they're going to be able to, they're going to be in the driver's seat. The kids can refinance it, purchase it, but you could lose that home forever. Um, it's not free. That's the third biggest con. Um, there are expenses associated with reverse mortgages. Um, there was a lot of legislation that came through to regulate these reverse mortgages. Um, usually it's about 2% of your home's appraised value. You also have origination fees at closing, but you can roll these costs into your loan balance if you choose. Just make sure you talk to some type of advisor, financial advisor, to help you make a good decision with how to set that up if you decide to reverse mortgages for you. Um, it could also impact other retirement benefits. Um, it's not considered income for tax purposes. We talked about that before as a pro, but it could impact your ability to qualify for need-based government programs such as Medicaid, okay, very important, or supplemental social security income. We want to have these discussed up front before our client makes this move to make sure there's no surprises down the road to say, hey, guess what? You spent down all your assets. Now you can't qualify for Medicaid because of this reverse mortgage. We want to make sure that's addressed up front. The reverse mortgage is certainly not for everyone, and there are plenty of rules that need to be followed. Joe and his team at Murphy Wealth Management are there to answer your questions and see if it might be right for you. Catch Joe Murphy and his show, Wealth Health Radio, Sundays at noon on AM 560, The Answer. Find the podcast wherever you get yours. Visit website mwmfinancial.tax to learn more. mwmfinancial.tax. Pizza! Richard Pelletier checks in with a discussion of just what the Federal Reserve Bank is and isn't. Well, you have to understand the function uh, of the Federal Reserve. First of all, it's not part of the government, all right? All right. Uh, and uh, their function is to keep unemployment low uh, and the rate of inflation hopefully targeted at 2% or less. 
Well, we're at 8% if you believe what the government puts out, which I don't, by the way. Ask anybody who goes to a grocery store. And if you heat your house by oil, boy, watch out for this winter. Uh, electricity is going to go sky high. Uh, you know, these, these folks that don't want any natural gas, well, terrific. Uh, how are you going to heat your house? How are you going to cook your meals? Uh, well, they'll get it to you, but you're going to find the expense is going to be huge increases, way, way over 8%. So if they get aggressive, and Powell said emphatically, every time that guy has a news release, uh, the stock market drops 500 uh, points, drops 1% one day, it would drop like 5% one day, 1,200 point drop. You know, So when he talks, boy, Wall Street shakes to its boots, uh, and uh, he continues these rate increases. Uh, and I got to tell you, Wall Street's not going to react real well. That's going to be a rough six months to a year. So that, you mean coming up, moving ahead, a rough oh, six yeah. months to there, a year? There's no question. He's told you emphatically, until he gets that inflation turned around, stop growing aggressively, uh, and start to contract, uh, he's going to be very aggressive about frequent and large rate increases. Uh, that's why the, the market dropped 5% that one day. Sure. Uh, I don't think he's going to start saying, well, well, it looks like we're getting it back. It went from 8% down to 7 so we're not going to have any more rate increases. Baloney. He's telling you just the opposite. They're shooting for that 2%, and they're talking about a soft landing of a recession. I don't know how you're going to do that. Uh, as far as unemployment concerned, uh, right now, everybody's hiring. Okay? You can't, you can't find employees to work. Just can't do it. Well, the government stopped paying them to stay at home and do nothing and play games. Uh, that That's going to be in the back thing. It's going to take them a little time to go through their, their reserves that they built up during COVID. And when that's gone, they've got to go back to work. And that's, uh, yeah, absolutely. So do you see, but he mentioned that unemployment could take a hit. Um, do you see yeah. that happening? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, but I, I don't think it's going to happen in the next six months because so many people want to hire and, uh, you know, all of a sudden when unemployment runs out, these folks have got to come back off the shelf and uh, get a job. Well, again, like you said, maybe uh, so one of the things that we have to do as we're, we're trying to live through all of this and, and survive is uh, if we do have some cash reserves, maybe we should think about spending that as opposed to digging into our, uh, our, our other reserves. Well, let me tell you, if you've been taking withdrawals during your retirement to make up for your living standard and or to add more withdrawals uh, because your your living standard just costs you a heck of a lot more and will in the future short term. If you're taking that money out of your brokerage account, your IRA that's in the investment and stock market, you're making the drawdown worse uh, every single month. We've stopped sending the checks out to our retirees from the TD Ameritrade equities back in February. But because of the allocation we set up when we put clients in, we had a ton of dough for the average client and safe money that was not affected by the stock market at all. So we sent the same check. They, you know, let's say they get $2,000 a month from me. They got $2,000 no longer from TD Ameritrade, but they may have got it from an annuity uh, that was pretty darn liquid. And we use that annuity where it cost us $2,000 to take $2,000 out. Didn't cost us a penny more. Well, that's just good information to keep in mind as we navigate through this economic tumultuous time. Now, you can catch Richard on the Financial Safari Saturday mornings at 9 on News Radio 560 WHYN in Springfield, Massachusetts. You can stream it on the iHeartRadio app, and you can learn more by visiting the website helptoretire.com. That's helptoretire.com. 
pizzaguy.com. Pizza. Up next is Mark Giels in Sioux City, Iowa. Now here, Mark has a great explanation of sequence of returns risk and why right now it's more important than ever to make sure you and your retirement dollars don't fall victim to it. So I've got a cool slide. If you ever come and visit me or we do a webinar, I will show you this slide. And it's, and it's a slide that shows the S&P 500 index, you know, starting in the year 2000 and running, you know, for 20 some years. So the S&P 500 has averaged about 8% return since the beginning of this century. And so I asked the question, you know, if you, if I told you that I could get you an 8% return on your money, how many of you would would agree with me that you should be able to withdraw 5% per year without any problems? All the hands in the room go up. Of course. Right? And and you should be able to adjust it upwards for inflation, you know, by 3%. If you're earning 8, you take 5. Next year, you take 3% more. You're still earning an 8% average return. But what matters is it's not a steady 8% return. You know, one year there's 23% return. The next year there's 4% return. The next year there's minus 11% return. And... Matters on the sequence that those returns come, whether or not your money will last through retirement. So in other words, an 8% average return or even a 9 or 10% average return doesn't matter because it's the sequence that those returns come in because they're not all the same each year. So for instance, if we start that withdrawal at 5%, and I tell people, you know, 5% was the norm in 2000. You know, CDs were at 6%. You know, the S&P is averaging 20% return. Money market accounts were at 5%. So why couldn't you take a 5% withdrawal? Because that was just basically the interest that you're earning on it, not even considering any growth. So if you go back that time, to that time period, 5% made perfect sense. Um, and if you're taking 5% and you're increasing it by 3 and you started that in 2000, Year 14, you run out of money, okay? You run out of money because you have three negative returns in a row. And your account value now at the end of 2003 is now at $500,000, and you're taking a 10% withdrawal, or actually more than that. It's about a 12 or 13% withdrawal. And your portfolio never recovers, and then 2008 comes along, puts the nail in the coffin, and three years, four years later, your account value is almost gone. Man. Yeah. And, but if you flip those returns, so instead, we just simply take those returns and we flip the S&P 500 returns. We take 2000, 2001, 2002, and we put them at the end, and we start with 2021 returns or 2020 returns, whatever it is. We start with positive returns. At the end of today, so you've taken a 5% withdrawal, you've increased it by 3%. At the end of today, you've got just as much money as what you started, actually a little bit more than what you started uh, withdrawing. You know, So if you started with a million dollars, you've got more than a million dollars today uh, if you reverse the sequence of returns. But if the returns are negative at the beginning of your retirement, 
like they were at the beginning of 2000, a million dollars is zero in year 13 or 14. You run out of money. So, I mean, so that's sequence of return risk. And and so, again, if if you go to our website at EFS, the number four, the letter U, dot com, there's a great video that shows that. And by sequencing your money, so in other words, you're taking money and you're putting it in guaranteed investments for the first 10 years, you reduce substantially the risk of the sequence of return blowing up your retirement portfolio because what the sequence of return risk is is that you're selling assets at a loss and not giving them the time to recover. So sequence of return risk is reduced by taking money from fixed guaranteed investments that can't lose money and putting longer-term investments out into the later buckets where if they do lose money in the first few years of retirement, they have time to recover, uh, and you don't have to sell them at a loss and lock in those losses. That's the basic premise of it. Mark's 30-plus years in the business gives him a unique perspective, certainly. The Mark Geals and Mark on Money podcast is available wherever you get your podcast, including Apple, Spotify, as well as on his website, EFS, the number four, the letter U.com. That's EFS for you.com. You know, I think your perspective is different than most advisors. Well, the difference is, is that, I mean, we take a look at somebody and we do a financial plan. And, and again, I say this time and time again, but purpose determines placement. And, you know, there's some advisors out there who only sell annuities. They believe, you know, annuities are the right thing for everyone. There's some advisors out there that believe brokerage account is for everyone. Um, there's some people that believe that mutual funds are for everyone. Uh, some people believe that uh, individual bonds are for everyone. We believe that there's a proper mix for every single client. And so what's interesting about that is, is that you're never bringing over anyone else's portfolio into a new client. Right. I mean, it's 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 not like we say, hey, this is working for another client. Take this one. No, we're building a portfolio specifically for that client's goals, objectives, time frames, risk tolerance and so forth. And so I don't know if we're going to use annuities or not. Some people do not want to use them. Some people won't invest unless it's an annuity. And I'll tell you what the interesting thing is, is that we have a pretty cool system and it's not something that I want to give out over the radio, but we actually have a very cool system that I've never seen used anywhere else. And it's where we actually delay and we reduce the market exposure over time, but we delay uh, that income for the client. And last year when the market went into a little bit of a tizzy, I'm like, hey, let's turn on your income. And they're like, we get that for life? And I'm like, yeah. And it's something that we've been building up for that client and they didn't even notice. I mean, they knew about it obviously, but they're like, I actually forgot we had this, right? And the, the interesting thing is, is that Every time you bring it up in the forward focus meeting with that client, you're, you're, you're addressing this, but people forget what they actually have. They actually forget what the strategy is. So, I mean, for last year, we were, we were able to turn on a massive amount of income um, that we had up in annuities, and people are thrilled with it. It's guaranteed income for the rest of their life. And so, like I said, there, there gets to be a point where you don't want to worry about the stock market. And that's where the annuity could really take over. The problem, I think, with the majority of them is there's a lack of education. People don't understand how they fit in their time frame. People don't understand the advantages or the disadvantages because it's the, it's the same with a brokerage account. There's pros and cons. You have market exposure. Some people don't want that. 
So with any investment, there is a pro, there is a con, and you have to realize that. Sure. All right. So let's talk about what, what they are and what they aren't. What do you like about annuities? What I like about them is, and Joseph can talk about this a little bit more, are the fees. There's a lot of fees that are less than 1% or no percent. Um, There's also a lot of good guaranteed income products out there. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that there's a a lot more living benefits to these than ever before. Um, And and, and I'm going to be honest with you, like eight years ago, um, I wasn't really embracing them, but now the products have gotten so much better with living benefits and the fees have gone down that I think that they're a lot more attractive. And the other thing that I'll say is now that rates are going up, they're significantly more attractive because the caps are higher and there's a lot more um, better things about the current rates right now. It makes so, a huge difference from where they were. Massive difference. And I think a good, a good way to look at this and the way that I look at it, especially focusing so much on financial planning, is I like to look at it almost like how gap insurance works. We know what you have coming into you. So if, let's say a client has a pension and a social security and that equals $70,000 a year of income that they're getting. Now, we know that their expenses are $85,000 a year. So what that means is they have a $15,000 shortfall in their financial plan, right? So then we know that we have to pull from their brokerage accounts that 15,000. Or what we could do is separate part of their brokerage money to be able to provide them that $15,000 a year for the rest of their life and then use the other part of their money to go into brokerage. And now we have a strategy of we're not having to pull money out of that other bucket that we want to grow in the market. And it's almost like they're adding that pension onto their pension in order to keep up with their expenses each and every year. So they're not having to stress that brokerage account. And they're not as emotional when the market is up or down because they know that they have that income coming into them. And that other bucket is for growth. I like Joseph's analogy comparing annuities to gap insurance. Good stuff. You can hear Eric's show, Wealth Works Radio, on News Radio 1580 WCCF in Punta Gorda, Florida. You can also find the podcast on Apple, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Eric is with Retirement Wealth in Cape Coral, Florida. Visit the website, ericcarneyadvisor.com. That's E R I C K E A R N E Y advisor.com. So that's it. Episode 195 of Financial Pizza is cooked to perfection, boxed up, and ready for that digital delivery. Financial Pizza features clips and more from some of the best financial radio programs on podcasts heard around the country every week, brought to you hot, fresh, and in 30 minutes or less. If you'd like Financial Pizza delivered to you each and every week, subscribe to it. We'll put it in your podcast collection automatically. Find it on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or anywhere you get a podcast. And as long as you're subscribing, be sure and rate and share the podcast. That would be appreciated. Hey, remember, I've also got links to the advisors listed in the show notes with this podcast. I want to thank Chrissy Paradis for contributing content to this week's show. You can reach me by email, steve at financialpizza.com. Financial Pizza is produced and written by me, Steve Siddall, and it originates from the palatial studios of broadcasting experts in Apex, North Carolina. Thanks for listening, everybody. I really do appreciate it. Going to be back next week with another episode of Financial Pizza. I'm Steve Siddall. Pizza. Coach P Radio.
Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Neither Peter J. Deruta or his guests are liable for the usage of information discussed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Annuity guarantees are based solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Individuals should thoroughly review the contract for specific details of the product features and costs. Income payments and withdrawals from deferred annuities are generally taxable as ordinary income in the year they are taken. Money management is provided by Equus Capital Management. Equus is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in San Rafael, California. Investment advice by Capital Financial Advisory Group, LLC, a North Carolina-registered investment advisor. Insurance advice given by Capital Financial and Insurance, a North Carolina-licensed insurance agency. 